0: Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'm going to say it again. Proverbs one, seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do you know that self-discipline and self-control is a huge part of the wisdom of God? God says, listen, I'm I'm, going to give you my wisdom. I'm going to give you this book called the Bible, and and I'm going to pour all of this into it. It's going to help you walk out life. But a big part of it is helping you understand self-discipline in your life, helping you understand self-control in your life. Because there's some areas that God says, listen, listen, child, I want you to walk all in it. Go and enjoy yourself. And then there's some areas he says, listen, if you do it, it's going to get you in trouble. It's going to hurt you, and it, you're going to deal with it. It's going to be a scar for years and years upon your life. You're going to feel like you can never shake it. And God gives us this wisdom. And inside, we each have this natural instinct to do all these things. We have this natural ability to understand as God gives understanding. Listen, if I were to say to you, listen, listen, I know Thanksgiving's coming up, and, you know, and I would say, you listen, listen, you've been doing good, but don't touch that cookie. What are you going to do? You're going to be tempted to touch that cookie. Well, he didn't say I couldn't smell the cookie, so I'm gonna go. You know, I'm just gonna get close to it. <laughs> but in another sense, if you've been struggling with alcohol, and it's that's kind of been, been the thing, but you're at this place where you know what? I'm done with that. I don't want to mess with that anymore. And, and you know, what, I'm I'm trying to put that down and walk away and move on and be better and be healthy and in those kind of areas. See, what gets us in trouble sometimes is our pride. Please tell ourselves. you know what, I'm so strong that I'm not even going to mess with that. I'm, I'm going to be around it, but I'm not going to mess with it. But you put yourself in position to do the wrong thing, and eventually you will. Are you following me this morning? You know, the book of Proverbs was written nearly 3,000 years ago, but it's as relevant as today, any communication today. You think about a blog that's maybe written today, and it's, you know, it's relevant speaking today, or you think about a, a newspaper that's speaking today. There was an article in the LA Times that, that said this. It said this, millions of Americans are now described as having addictions, if not to drugs and alcohol, then to food, cigarettes, exercise, relationships, sex, shopping, work, video games. It continues and says this, more than 200 different kinds of addictions are now dealt with by groups in America. 18 million Americans have a drinking problem. Americans are 2.3 billion pounds overweight. And then the Wall Street Journal said this. 94 of therapists see porn addiction increase. See, maybe your struggle today is one of the things we mentioned. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's, it's something completely different. But how do we break free from a bad habit? And it doesn't matter what the bad habit is. So we all have something to some degree, but how can you change yours? How can we be set free? How can we begin to to take the knowledge and the wisdom that God gives us in his word and begin to walk it out? We want to be more spiritual. It's in the form of the book of Proverbs. God's wisdom is there. See, the title of today's message is The Secret to Self-Control. It's not a secret because the Bible hides it deep, 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 deep down inside. It's a secret because... Very few people choose to listen to it. And if you ask people, hey, you know, what, what do you think is the, the secret to self-control? You know, they might say something, well, you know, just try harder. That is not the message of the Bible. That, that's, that's just not the secret to self-control. Today, we're going to talk about two areas. We're going to talk about the problem of self-control, and we're going to talk about the practice of self-control. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. I'm, I'm going to read it again, okay? I'm, I'm going to read it again. It says this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, notice it doesn't say like a city who doesn't have any walls. It says a city with broken down walls, walls that had once been established, but now they are broken, right? Right? There's, there's way for the enemy to creep in and to move in because that area is broken. Nowadays, you don't see many walls in cities, do you? No, there's, there's no walled up pro- protecting the, the, the city. Ever see the King Arthur Camelot movies, right? Big wall around it. In biblical times, the wall was for protection. A city really couldn't function without the wall, right? It's, 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 it's what kept them from being robbed or overrun. And just like a city whose walls are broken. This is where the enemy wants to come into your life. And it's not that you don't have protection in your life. It's not that you don't pray. It's not that you don't read your Bible. It's not that you don't, you don't go to church. It's just that there's an area of your life that you're struggling with. It's just that there's an area of your life where you've been beat up. Let me illustrate it this way. Some of you may have heard of the Great Wall of China. It's, uh, it's a wall that once stretched for continuous, unbroken 4,000 miles. Millions of people worked on this wall. It went through all kinds of wilderness, uh, wilderness and eventually uh, uh, leading up to the ocean. It was designed to be impenetrable. No army can breach it. At least they thought. You see, the weakest part of the wall was the human heart of every guard. See, if a guard could be bribed, then they couldn't let someone in. Let me ask you this personal question Have we bribed ourselves into certain areas of our life? I said, you know what's okay? It's all right. You know what? It's, 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 it's what I go to. Listen, there's other things you could have, but this area, it's kind of like when, when everything else fails in my life, I go to this. Have we bribed ourselves in some way or another? You know, that's, that's, that's my area. Listen, God, you could have these other areas, but this, this area is it's mine. Don't, don't, God, just... And we'll come out with the other areas, but that area is, is hidden. You know, in the 1600s, there was a guard who let the enemy through a punch hole wall about, about 40 yards, and the enemy comes through the Empire Falls. See, 4,000 miles of strong wall, one trading guard that allows a hole of 40 yards one weak spot on the wall the point is this in your life you may have great walls you may come from a great lineage you might have a great resume you might you might have an excellent job you might you might have all the to-dos the greats and the goals and the markers in life you might have great motive you might have all of that stuff but one one area can cause everything to fall apart one area that, that, that is not checked, that you're not allowing God to work in that area can be the very thing that causes the separation and the division and the fallout. And the next time you look in that reflection and you see yourself in the mirror, you don't like what you see. And you wake up and, and nothing is great and nothing is happy and nothing is where you thought it would be. It just takes one weak spots. I mean, you could be that person that's got that complete healthy lifestyle and got everything organic and gluten-free and... Keto this and keto that, and working out, and uh, but uh, you know you got your love weakness for Thrust letches cakes. Anybody? You know, whatever it is, you could be that person that that works hard. You love working for your family, and you come home every night, and your family's already asleep, and you feel lonely. and You stay up late watching what you should not be watching, and now you're considering having an affair. See, one little area in your life can ruin everything else. In Proverbs 23, verses 19 through 21, I want you to see what it says. It says this, My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. me say it again. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards and feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to Poverty and too much sleep clothes them in rags. See, it's talking about people who have uh, drunken and, and eaten so much that they can't stay awake. But this is really what, what it's really talking about is, is, is people that lack self-control. See, when you lack self-control, you miss out on the things that God is trying to work out in your life. Things that God is actually trying to say, listen, go ahead, walk in. This is what I have for you. You miss out on those things, and God wants to bless. If you think God's here holding back all your blood, God, no, 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 let me me just do, no, 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 no. No, God wants to work in your life. God is here now. God wants to bless you today. He wants to set free and heal. and God wants to do it now. I opened up talking about addictions. Addictions are a serious problem. The problem of self-control is, well, it's right in front of us, but how do we practice self-control. Now, before we get into that, and I got some points that I really want to share with you, and I'm, I'm excited to share that and jump into the word a little bit further, but before we do that, how many of you have seen that movie uh, Ray Charles? Yeah? Some of you guys seen it? Ray Charles, he was famous, amazing music artist, won, uh, won awards, he was successful, he was wealthy, uh, you know, his wife adored him, his kids, uh, he adored his kids. His life was a mess though, because he lacked self-control. And it was his Christian wife who believed in the Lord that confronts him. Um, and, and before we get into I just want you to check out this quick video clip. Okay? Would you check this out? You guys, you guys got that? Out in here forever, Ray. Hey, look, it's my house. I'm not in prison yet. No, it's my house. You ain't been here more than six days since we moved in. No, Ray. No. Wait, baby. After solve it. It's it's the, the only thing that can help you is God, what Ray. What you talking about, God? You have any idea how it feels to go blind and still be afraid of the dark? And every day you sit there and pray just for a little light and you don't get nothing because God don't listen to people like me. Stop talking like Something that. Says, as far as I'm concerned, me and God is even, and I do what I damn well please. And God damn it, if I want to shoot up, I shoot up. Move. Well, then go ahead then. But you walk out that door, and I'm gonna do something I should have done a long time ago, Ray. I'm gonna take my boys and I'ma leave. Boys, yes I not going am. No way. You have no place to go. No place. No. You think I'm scared of losing this, Ray? The only thing I was ever scared of losing was you. So where was I ever gonna find another Ray Robinson? So I put up with some terrible stuff and maybe that makes me part to blame but i ain't scared no more you know i love no. you i love you no. and those no. boys more than anything no. in this world no and you that's know a that. damn lying you know it you ever look at this really look at it ray ray charles jr's most valuable player he was so proud this day until you came home too loaded to go to his banquet. I no, no, time. there is something that you love more than me and them boys. More than all the women you ever slept with on the road, more than all the dope you ever took. What are you talking your about? music. And if you don't stop using that needle, they're gonna take away your music and put you in jail. Is that poison worth losing everything? Self-control is something the Bible speaks about clearly. It's a real issue. It's it's, it's something that you and I, every single one of us, have dealt with at some point in our life. It's real. And I just use a video like that because I want to help you. I want to help illustrate how, how much of a game changer this can be in your life. You might be thinking, hey, that that was a real big issue. Maybe my issue is is maybe a little bit smaller, but nonetheless, it has the power to throw off the good things that God is trying to do in your life. So the practice of self-control, number one, I need to take an honest self-inventory. I need to take honest self-inventory in my life. You know what we do sometimes? We'll take, we'll take self inventory. we'll take a look at, okay, okay, look at, look at my life, okay, this is what I got going on, and, but we don't really take this serious, deep look at what's going on in inside. What, what am I really struggling? What am I really dealing with? What, what is going on? And if I'm not willing to be honest, it just doesn't work that way. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, it says this, the prudent understand where they are going. Somebody say where they are going. Okay, the prudent, right? Why are they called the prudent? They're called the prudent because of their actions. This is what I want to say. Because of the way that they behave, because of their actions, they know where they're going. See, they, they understand the direction. They understand that if I, if I honor the Lord, I will go a certain way. I'll walk that way. I will live that way. I will be blessed that way. On the other hand, if I choose not to practice self-control, I, I will go another way. And it's not that I don't love the Lord. It's not that I don't go to church. It's not that I pray. It's not that I don't read the Bible. It's just that if I lack self-control, I will always feel like I'm missing something. I will always feel like I just it just I'm it's not there for me. I need to take an honest look. Honestly, what are my weaknesses? How have the relationships around me went? Do I even like people? You probably heard that the hardest part for an addict is to admit that they even have an issue. But in order to go forward, I got to come clean with myself. I have to. Maybe your thing is not one of the things that we're talking about, but maybe it's, maybe it's, it's something else. And maybe you and I got to get over this attitude. Well, this is just who I am. Just get over it. Get over it. This is who I am. Accept me for who I am. This is just who I am. But if we want to grow in the Lord, you just can't be just content with just that. Get get over it. This is is just who I am. Accept it. Maybe maybe you have thoughts that no one knows about. Maybe you beat yourself up often. Maybe you have thoughts about others that are wrong. I want to go back to that, that verse really quick. Can we go there again? The prudent understand where they are going. What direction are you leading right now? What direction is your lack of self-control? Where is it leading you? Take an honest self-inventory. Be honest about the direction of your life. See, practicing self-control means that. Number one, it means honest self-inventory. And number two, it means refuse to blame. Refuse to blame. Don't play the blame game. When I think about this, I think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, what happened is what happens, but if you look and dive into the Scripture and you actually read it, Eve is blaming the snake and, and, and Adam is blaming Eve. You see, it's, it's, it's everybody else's fault but whose fault it is. And if you go around to a place and you just become so natural at pointing out for this reason and, and this circumstance and this person and this person when, when, when you're missing what's happening here. And what's worse is this. You get so busy pointing fingers at the place, you will eventually point fingers to God. And blame God. It's your fault, God. If you would have never put me in that situation, God, if you would have never allowed that to happen in my life, then, then God, God, why, why, God? And you'll get to this place. I want you to look at what the Bible says. It says this in Proverbs 19:3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Please don't let it be everyone else's fault. Take responsibility for your part. Don't point fingers and don't blame God. It seems like God is is everyone's default switch. They can't find anyone else, it's God's fault. No, we got ourselves into that mess. We allowed the breach in the wall. We gotta quit excusing and quit accusing. Practicing self-control means honest self-inventory and I refuse to blame. And number three, Number three, it means this, believe that God can help you. If I'm going to practice self-discipline in my life, i got to believe that God can help me. i got to believe that. See, the key is believing. i got to believe. Jesus says this in Matthew 21, 22, It says this, and whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive it if what? If you have faith. See, that's what it comes down to. You have to believe. That's the key. You, you, you have to believe. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. I'm going to pause there for a moment because I get that you and I, we want to please the Lord. We want to honor him. The problem, though, or the important part for us to understand is that without faith, it's just not going to happen. If you don't actually believe that your circumstance and your area that struggle, whatever that is, If you don't actually believe that he can heal you in that area, transform you in that area, break what needs to be broken in your area, then you're missing this whole area. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Comma, then it says this, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, right, that the almighty creator of heaven and earth exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, that's the father's heart. If you thought, well, God just wants me to follow all these things, but no. He wants to bless your life. He's trying to work with you. He wants intimacy between you and him. He wants you and all. He wants you and him to be really close. He wants to have something special with you. Jesus tells Martha, uh, the sister of Mary and the sister of Lazarus, who who just died, and, and Lazarus was just buried in a tomb. Jesus says this. He says this to her. In John eleven forty, 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He tells her, listen, I understand the circumstances look bleak. I, I understand it. It does not look great. But if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And then Jesus goes on to do a, a, an amazing miracle. But I want you to understand today that God can help you. God wants to help you. You know, the world would have you, the world would tell you, you know what, whatever that situation in your life is, probably just go see a therapist or just get used to it because that's, that's what it is. Relationships around you aren't going to get any better. Your marriage is not going to get better. Just deal with it. Just keep, you decide to keep going or just give up, go the other way. Or, uh, you know, just, just. Just look, listen, there's just no plausible way out. I want you to understand that there is power in the name of Jesus. I want you to understand that God can heal, God can break, God can do it in the name of Jesus. In Proverbs 29, verse 25, it says this. I want you to get this, get this. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing man is also fearing yourself, because I understand that some of you fear you will never change. Some of you feel that there's no way to beat this. It's it's been way too long. It's been too late. Uh, You're not good enough. There's no hope. But I want you to understand that the whole message of the Bible is that there is hope. There, There is hope in Christ Jesus, and God is here now, and he is speaking to you now, and hope is yours God's help is here now. See, practicing self-control means honest self-inventory. I must refuse to blame. I must believe that God can help me. And number four, it means that I got to remember who God is. I need to remember who God is. Do you know when we forget who God is? Because you're thinking, well, I I don't forget who God is. But do you know when we forget who God is? It's right when our problem is staring us in the face. It's right then. It's like our problem intimidates us so much. It's staring there, and all of a sudden, I can't remember who God is. I'm not even thinking about who God. Out of all the things of the world, I'm just thinking about this. Any of you here ever jump rope, play jump rope before? Yeah? All right. All right. Jump in. Got to wait. Got wait to wait to jump in. Your problem is waiting to jump in on your life. It's waiting just so that there's a little bit of space. Oh, I'm gonna jump in right on them. Here's our problem. Our problem is staring at us, but our issue is that we stare back at our problem. See what does the enemy want you to do? The enemy wants you to fix your eyes on the problem, so you don't see everything else. You just see the issue. The the problem is waiting to stare at you. Just wonder they ready? I'm gonna stare at them. them. I'm gonna get 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 them. I'm going to get them. If I can get them to lock eyes, oh, that's it. I I, I won. I've gained some ground in their life. It wants you to stare back. I'm not saying don't look at your issues because you need to overcome some things. You need to attack some things with the word of God. You need to ask God to work in some areas. Absolutely. But the minute you take your eyes off what God is doing in your life and who he is, you begin to stare back at your issue because it's been waiting to jump into your life and to think that it won't intimidate you, to think that it won't try to hurt you or put you in a headlock. you got to come on now. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 and 11, it says this. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a high wall of safety. See, in in the ancient world, when a city was under attack and Everyone would run behind the city wall. Well, when the city wall came down, everyone would run into the kind of the high fortress and they, 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 would, they would try to get there. What am I saying to you this morning? When it feels like the walls of your life have been breached, so to speak, you're hurting, you're struggling, you feel like you're going through it, run to Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Remember who He is. The name of the Lord is powerful. The name of the Lord is who he is. It's it's the true nature of of God. His name describes him. And when you run towards his name, you remind yourself who he is. Who is he? He's a God of the impossible. And church, I had to tell the morning service this, and I'm going to tell you this this again, or I'm going to tell this to you, is that we need to get out of this attitude that's saying that, you know, it's just impossible. My life's never going to change. It's not going to get better. Some of us have gotten too comfortable with that type of language. This is done. It's dead. It's impossible. There is no way my life could ever be. And we come to the place where we kind of dream, but we don't really dream. We're not really excited to get up. We're not really thrilled about these things. We're just, we're just stop saying what's impossible. In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, look what Jesus, he says this, but he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. We come to the place where we say, you are the creator of the heavens and earth. You do hold all the power. All the mercy and all the grace, I have it because of you. You know what, God, I've probably done the wrong thing and I've... I've probably cursed you. God, I, I've walked away from you, God, and, and I've done everything you could possibly think that's wrong, God. But today I'm choosing your mercy. Today I'm choosing your grace. Today, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, the truth is, I'm nothing without you. God, the truth is, God, I need you. God, the truth is, God, I, I, I've had some things that I've been just struggling with. I've been dealing with God, and, and it just seems the things that I just I cannot let go, God, but I don't want them anymore. God, I repent of them. God, would you take them from me? God, would you help me? I need your help, God, because I'm just tired of dealing with this issue. I've looked and I've walked so far in life and it's still that same issue and it's following me and it's following me. God, I just don't want it anymore. God, your word says that you can break these chains. God, would you break them? God is good, brothers and sisters. He's good all the time, right? See, when you realize who God is and how good he is, well, maybe it'll bring you to this last point. See, practicing self-control means I have honest self-inventory. I refuse to blame. I believe God can help me. I remember who God is. And lastly, I can focus on the goodness, the goodness of God. Focus on the goodness of God. Listen, in life, there are so many things you can focus in on. There's a ton You read, you you find the right article, you you start, you just keep reading and reading, you find the blog, you just keep going, going, going. Look how much time has passed. You you find the right show, and you're just watching that show, and it's like, oh my, how long have I been watching this thing? Time has passed. Or you're struggling with that area of your life, and you didn't realize how long you've been dealing with it. Because back over here, you plan to stop doing that thing. But for whatever reason, you just it just didn't work out. You planned, but now you're over here and you're still dealing. Now you're over here and you're still dealing with how much time has passed in your life. And there's that same issue that's grabbed you by the ankle and you're just carrying it along with your life. And you're trying to reach for the goodness of God. You're trying to reach for His blessings. You want better, but it's still there. See, there's some areas of our life that are completely exposed. Everybody knows about it. Yes, I'm dealing with that issue, but I'm trying to get past it. Then there's some areas that you've just kept hidden and they're in the dark and nobody knows the thoughts that are happening here, what's going on here and what's going on here. They don't know, nobody knows and you've convinced yourself that's your secret safe place and that's that's yours. In Proverbs 4.23 it says this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Let's read it together, okay, on the count of three. Can we read it together on three? One, two, three. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. See, what the Bible is trying to help us understand is that here and here will determine your direction. It's it's gonna determine your direction. It says, guard this area. See, the Bible says the spiritual battle for sin is fought in the mind, in the heart, in the mind, so what do I think about? The best thing to think about is the grace of God, the goodness of God. It's really profound when you really focus in on it. It really is. I want you look at what it says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. It says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. The grace of God has appeared. It says this in verse 12. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and... To live self controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. So, what do I do? I focus on the goodness of God. And let me tell you, He is good. He is good. I'll tell you what he's done in my life and how he's blessed me and how he saved me. And, and, and listen, I may have had another direction in my life that I thought, hey, that, that's a great direction. But God said, no, listen, son, I got something else for you. And I'll tell you, God is good. The way he's helped me, the way he's come alongside me. Every time that I've made a mistake and I've done the wrong thing, because I do that too. <clears throat> I've allowed his mercy and grace into my life. I've allowed his love into my life, his forgiveness in my life, his, his healing in his life. I'll tell you this, his grace has changed me. His love has changed me. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Pay attention, get this, get this. This is so good. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, check this out. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. What does the Bible say? Set your heart on things above. Set your minds on things above. Heart, mind, set them on things above. Start getting this in different things. Start getting this in different things, and you're going to miss what God is trying to do, and you'll be at that same place. What I focus on has the power to affect my emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Focusing on the goodness of God, it helps bring peace, growth, healing, and encouragement. You know, I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I, lo- I love teaching it, I, 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 love, I love reading it for myself, I, I, I enjoy it, and, and, and I love it all. There's a particular book that I really enjoy, it's the book of Hebrews, and the book of Hebrews is, it's, uh, it's, just, it's like almost it's such wonderful poetry for me. You know, one of the things that it really teaches us is it teaches us why I can come to God, and it really just kind of elaborates on that, why I can, and, and the second thing that it really shows us is that other people what they've done, and how they lived their lives, and how they focused in on the goodness of God. And I love that, because here's the thing. If I come to see that other people have overcome the things that I've been battling with, then I can too. If, if I can see that, that another brother or sister has been walking this out and they've been struggling, if they've done it, then I can do it. I can find strength in that. It says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Check this out. As we get ready to close, will you, will you join me? Says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the people that I was telling you about, the book of Hebrews talks about, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, right? There's the stuff that hinders us, and then there's the sin that entangles us, right? You understand what entangles? You ever walk in a bunch of just stuff and your feet are all tangled up? that in, this, the sin that entangles it then it says this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us that's so important some of us are trying to walk this christian walk we're just walking we're on a stroll it's like a sunday afternoon stroll i'm just kind of hanging out no the bible says run with perseverance run with this mindset that the enemy wants to attack me but i'm not gonna let him i we're in football season i'm, I'm a heisman here i'm, I'm a hey He's going to come up. I'm a stiff arm. Run with perseverance. I'm going to run this Christian walk with that idea in mind. I know he wants to stop me, but I'm running with perseverance. I've made up my mind. He's coming, but I'm coming too. My eyes are on Jesus. What does it say? What does it say in verse 2? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then verse 3 is important. Consider him. Consider who? Think about him. Contemplate. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I prompt, Look at this last part. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here's the problem. We do grow weary and lose heart. We do. Life just feels like it's too much and I got to run back to that thing that I've been trying to let go and I'm right back to it. We do grow weary and lose heart. But it says, do this. Consider him who endured so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. It says, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It says, since we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It says, run with perseverance. Here's what I want to tell you is this as we close never underestimates the transforming effect of thinking about Jesus think about him listen I understand there's areas of your life where it feels like the walls have been breached and they've been broken down and you feel like you can be strong in all these areas but that area it just keeps showing up in your life practicing self-control will help you absolutely but unless you come to a place where you rely on God's strength, that self-control is not going to help you so much. Here's the thing. You're going to try by your own might, by your own power. You're going to try by, by your own skills, by your own resume, by your own abilities. I'm going to set my alarm clock. I'm going to do this. I'm, 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 I'm going to try to do You're going to try all of that. That's, that's great. Do it. But you also need to rely on God's strength. If you don't rely on his strength, it's not going to work. Here's what happens. Jesus goes to the cross. He gets buried in a tomb. Three days later, he's resurrected. Over the next 40 days after being resurrected, here's what happens. He begins to prepare his disciples for the church going forward, how to live life, all these things. And there's one thing that Jesus emphasizes over and over again. It's the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want to say to you as we close. How many times have I said we're going to close? We're going to close. Is that for Christian living, to run this race with perseverance, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the Holy Spirit. Here's my challenge for you. It's really a two-parter. But this week, spend this week doing this. Try to give yourself seven days. Make a list of five things you can thank God for. And I want you to take this a little bit deeper. Don't let this be, you know, I want to thank God for my cat or my dog. No, I want you to be able to identify Five areas, five things where you know without a shadow of a doubt that was God. There's no other way. There is no, I know, I know, I know it was Him. Identify those five areas. Write them down. Physically, write them down. Put it in the app, put it in your notes, put it in your phone, write it on paper, journal, whatever. Write it down. Put it on your refrigerator. Make Write five things that you can deeply thank the Lord for. And secondly, here's what I want you to do. All seven days, do this as well all seven days ask the holy spirit to fill your life and to remind you of his goodness do that write down these five areas review them for seven days in addition to that and over the seven days i want you to ask the holy spirit to fill your life every area of your life your your life your your home your family your marriage your work your place ask the holy spirit to be present And ask him to remind you of his goodness. Here's what's going to happen. This is what you're going to begin to see in your life. You're going to begin to see the areas that you've been struggling with. That has lacked self-control. And you're going to begin to see healing and chains broken. God is good. His plans are for you. Not against you. Let me take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you God that you are alive and well and you're here with us now. God, the truth is there's been this area and we have been dealing with it for far too long. But God, we want to come to a place today where we can repent of it and essentially say, God, I'm done with it. I don't want it. I want you. So God, I repent. I repent, God. I need you. God, help me to practice self-control. But let me do it by your power. I need you. I need you. Father, I pray your blessing over your house. I pray, God, that you work in each and every one of us, God, and I know that you're here, and I pray, God, that they come to understand your love for them. Bless your house. Bless your house. Bless your sons and your daughters. Fill them with your spirit, God. May they focus in on your goodness, God, that you surely are good. Yes, you are. Help us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Today, Lord, we want your mercy Today we want your grace. Today God we want self control in our life and we, we're grateful that your word brings that to us. Bless us, bless us. With nobody looking around maybe you're here today and you say you know what the truth is I haven't been living right with God but, but I want to. I don't fully understand maybe what exactly it means to be a Christian but I want God in my life and I want to begin to take those steps. I need God to forgive me because I just haven't been living that way or maybe you used to be, but you walked away. Whatever the deal is today, I want you to know that God is here. God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you and he wants to forgive you and he wants an intimate relationship with you with nobody looking around. Maybe that's you. And if that is, could you just quickly just raise up your hand really quick? Thank you so much. Anyone else? Thank you so much. It's see your hand. Three, four. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I pray your forgiveness. I pray your mercy, I pray your grace Lord we need you God wherever we've been God we need you now God you reach out your hand towards us and we reach right back we are nothing without you may your mercy cover us may your grace cover us may your love cover us God, wherever we've been running God we want to run into your arms oh Lord Work in us, your sons and your daughters. We receive what you have for us today, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.